0: Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around.
1: Um, you think you know what you have going into the first game. But, you know, under the lights, there's gamers. Sometimes guys emerge and sometimes guys shrink, you know. And, and so I'm anxious to see the guys on the game day. I'm excited to see them play. They've worked hard. It's a really close-knit team. And so, you know, for me, it's more anxious. Just kind of want to see it, you know. Want to get out there with them on the grass. And, and once we know kind of how they are and got to get the jitters out of some of the younger guys that are playing, know that it's going to get better, you know, as it goes. Dave
2: Dorn, NC State head coach, excited to see what transfers from camp over to the field. He doesn't have to wait much longer. 7.30 tonight. I cannot wait to see Brennan Armstrong sling it for the NC State Wolfpack after using four quarterbacks last year. Knock on wood. Hopefully he'll stay healthy. I cannot wait to see what this new look offense that they want to make more explosive bone can't wait to see what it looks like. Defense should still be solid. And they face a U- UConn team that State did blast last year by 31, but UConn won like five of their six, five of their six wins were like after that game. They kind of it was, a rem- got going it was a after that
3: game. Remarkable coaching job by Jim Moore compared to where they were the year before that.
2: Yeah. And where they were even early yeah. in the season. You know, they were yeah. like one in four, Bone. After they lost to State, I think they were one in four. They were, yeah. So, like, they really turned it around last year. I, I, I. We talked about it earlier. So, no one thinks. Do you think this is upset alert, Flound Bone? And I agreed, state is winning, but we disagreed on who to take with the point
4: spread. So what? So what would you consider upset alert? Is like, upset alert like? Like they could lose. UConn is actually pulling the upset. Yeah. Like, do you think there's a chance? I don't think UConn pulls the upset. I think it'll be a much closer game. And the reason why is, as you've mentioned, new offense, new quarterback. I mean, now, granted, he has the he has a lot of history in college football and with his OC, but I think there's still going to be some things that they're working on. And the thing for me is, you have to go on the road to start this game there's going to be that is true last year they had them in raleigh That's yeah and different. look i'm not saying it's going to be a great environment but when was the last time people were actually somewhat excited for yukon football it's been a while so there might be go pretty back, decent environment
2: the, go back to
3: this, Dan the spread yeah. <laughs> the spread hey they did make a fiesta bowl one time hey this the spread is 14 and a half i would take yukon with that I think NC State wins 24-13. Packed by 17, I say. Okay.
2: Something like 30-13, 27-10. I just don't think UConn's going to do anything, because I just think the state defense is still legit. Like, you listen to Eric McLean talk about watching this defense and guys like Jalen Scott that are ready to fill in for Isaiah Moore, and they've got guys back up front. they got Peyton Wilson back. Their corners. That corner tandem might be the best in the ACC. Like, Aiden White, that's an NFL corner right there. Shaheen Battle's good, too. And they their they're quarterback at UConn, I was reading about him, He's a transfer from Maine. And the
3: dude... I didn't know they played high school football in Maine. He only hit... (laughs) Much (laughs) less college. He only hit... Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said college (laughs) college football in Maine. He only hit
2: 57% of his passes at Maine. Like at the FCS level, man. Mm. So mm. I'm not feeling. I don't think you guys gonna do anything on offense. By the way, Wake. We all agree, Wake and Mitch Griffiths. I don't want my wife, the Elon grad, to get upset with me. But Mitch Griffiths throws a bunch of tutties tonight, Bone. At least four. At least four. Right. At least four. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, four. Yeah,
4: there's also. no, there's no, uh, there's no Davis Sheik on that roster for Elon. So uh, give me Wake for us. Okay, I like it. By the way, underdog
2: fantasy, Bone. I guarantee you, they're gonna have pickums on the, on these games I'm tonight. I'm gonna
4: take the Griffiths tonight. I'm gonna go
2: on there and maybe there's a Mitch Griffiths uh, pick and play. All right, let's talk about our predictions and I can I can tell you and I know that everybody is probably glad to hear this especially you too. Um we are done making like the season long college football predictions after this 10-minute conversation.
3: Oh, yes. <laughs>
2: you don't have to hear me yapping anymore
3: about what I think is going to happen. Go but, ahead. But the opposite going to happen. Tell us why Florida State won't make the postseason. <laughs> I haven't heard that They're in not even going to qualify for a bowl game. Before. Florida State won't have football by the time this season gets rolling on so- Sunday for them. Are you tired of hearing me talk about no, Florida no, State? clearly not. And tomorrow, no. though,
2: I get to talk LSU-Florida State, baby. Um, what do you think, Bone? Let's start with you. <laughs> who and, I, and if everybody wants to play the Mac and Bone Show home game, like feel free to hit us up on that text line, 704 5709 Give me your four playoff teams that you predict, and then give me your national champion. Who's your four? Let's start with our four, <laughs> and then we'll build drama to our champion.
3: Is it just me? I have a question, Mac. Is this a little more difficult than usual? I don't mean one of the teams and who my champion is. But the other three trying to figure out what combination it might be, because there's a couple of contenders. Whether you like it or not, there's a couple of contenders in the ACC. And to me, the Big Ten has three contenders this year. And then you've got Southern Cal. I don't know. Washington's in the. There's a lot more of combinations. I think of teams you can kind of line up that may face Georgia, who is my champion. That that that's no doubt. Oh, you I, gave away the spoiler! My goodness. I <laughs> I came up <laughs> with Georgia. Alabama. I still think they're going to get in there. Uh, I've said it all. I've said it all summer. I'm going to say it again. And I would not say this to hurt my man. I've got Penn State cracking the playoff this year. Getting a
2: lot, my nits are getting a lot of hype. I don't. I, I'm. I am very reserved. Like I, if that quarterback can play,
3: now like good, it could be on. But I'm trying it, to chill about could it. Could it be two Big Ten teams. I don't know. That's certainly a possibility. Then I'm going to say I've got. I've got Clemson. You got Clemson you got in Georgia, there. got Georgia, Bama, Penn State, and Clemson. After all the yapping about the noise, but I think Clemson's I think Florida State, Clemson, I, I, went, I went. it's right there. I, that's one of the uh, – I picked Clemson. Uh, uh, all
2: right, so here's my – you smart. hear me okay
3: on that? Right. Can you hear that fellow Gamecock?
2: man? I think got the Tigers in there. Picked all old, right.
3: Picked old Clem.
2: Here's my picks, Bone. Georgia's in there, obviously. Um, Ohio State, I went with in the Big Ten. Now, I know Michigan fans are going to be like, what are you doing? My fellow Penn State fans probably not happy. Uh, I think the quarterback, McCord, is going to be good enough because all he's got to do is distribute. That receiving duo is absolutely absurd. The tight end play is going to be great. The running back duo is, is a- absolutely great. Um, and I think their defense is getting better and better. Under Jim Knowles So I go Ohio State To, to uh, bounce back And beat Michigan um, And get through Penn State I feel like maybe They're, a at, year they're, at, they're at
3: Michigan This year too They're going to go to Ann Arbor That's going to be A big factor here So
2: I don't know But um, I'm going Ohio State I'm sure my picks Are always right bone uh, Clemson I've got Clemson going, oh my God. running the table, going unbeaten. The Garrett riley uh, Nick combination bone is going to bring the passing game back. I truly Un- believe that. Unbeaten, unbeaten huh? Okay. And I've got LSU, who I love a lot. So I'm similar to you, where we have two SEC teams. We have Clemson, and then we have a
3: Big Ten team. So I'm kind of similar to you. And, and can I can I bring up a scenario, Mac? Are we looking at because of LSU rising back up again, Bama falling just a little bit there, but Georgia's going to be in there. Then you've got Penn State making a little push here. Michigan's still Michigan. Ohio State's great. Could we have the the nightmare of other people where could we get two SEC, two Big Ten teams? Because you've got Georgia in there, but then you've got Bama LSU, you've got Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Could we see two of each in there this year? Possibly. I guess
2: you'd need Florida. We have to start eliminating them, Flound. Is this possible, two SEC, two Big Ten? And that is a nightmare Very for much of the country. So Clemson and Florida State would kind of have to split, right? And yes, which I think is certainly... And Florida State would have to lose to LSU. The kid, and then awesome. the other two conferences have to kind of beat each other up, which I think maybe a lot of us, I think a lot of people think they will. The Pac-12 that no
3: Pac-12, Pac-12, women's, the Pac-12 will often knock each other uh, off. I
4: will, game. I will say this: there is absolutely zero chance a Big 12 team makes the playoff this year. The Big 12, their best team, you're know know, in
2: Texas, God. Yeah. <laughs> They are so talented, though, man. I've been reading so many articles. I mean, I know it hasn't really
4: mattered. But there are people that don't even believe Quinn Ewers is going to start the entire year there. They think he'll be replaced a quarterback.
2: Yeah, they got a little Manning waiting in the wings. Did you see what Ewers did? He cut his hair. You see this? I saw that, yeah. Is is this going to have like a Samson-like effect? And he cuts. He had all that hair bone. That's hair goals for me. That's where I'm (laughs) aspiring to be. And he just shaved his head. Anyway, that's the, that's the football breakdown you get. Flounder, what is your... And then we'll start debating, like, what conferences can win the national title because Bone and I both have Georgia winning. Flound,
4: who's, uh, who's
2: your – who's your we went out of the Well, in a, sh- in a shocking <laughs> move, I have Georgia winning oh, the my national God. title. Okay, I know that's it.
4: stunning. Uh, but, yes, I do have Georgia. Uh, and I agree with you, Macker. I think that Ohio State will be the team, uh, the top representative, at least from the Big Ten. I think they make it in. Uh, I, I just – to me – I mean, I maybe I'm an idiot for believing this too. I think USC makes the playoff this year. I think you think that defense. I think know? Caleb Williams is the real deal. That defense, yeah, they got off to a slow start, but the other thing is, they do play in the Pac-12. <laughs> Their toughest tests are on the road at Notre Dame, which, I mean, is a tough game. But I still think that USC is the better team. But Penix and Bo Nick's both do they do they play both those teams in the regular season? I know they play Oregon at Oregon. That, yeah. that was what I was going to say. The Phoenix light that defense
2: test. up. I just I I think it's hard. It's I, don't know. I don't know why I'm arguing with Flounders' picks. I didn't argue with Bones. Keep in mind. No argue keep in mind, we talked
3: about Washington <laughs> a couple weeks ago. They lost their leading returning rusher to injury, so that may play a factor. They bring a lot back with Penix. Washington may have taken a hit though in that in that race. They did. They did on that one. Um, all right, Flat Did you get them all? No. Just bust it in the middle and just argued with you. You did oh, that to me, yeah, too, though. That's did so, I argue with you? We have a rule here. When you ask for four, we, we can get three in, but then trying to get that fourth, it could be a problem. The, four, the,
4: fourth, the fourth is, I think it'll come down to Clemson and Michigan, and I think Clemson will get in, because I think Clemson will lose the first game of the year to Florida State, but I think they will win here in Charlotte. And, and you think that'll be Champions enough to League. get them in? And that'll be is. the one that
2: gets them in. Maybe one of them can get in with one loss if they win the conference title game. Although, this LSU game is huge for Florida State. That would give them one. If yeah, Florida State one loses the to
4: LSU, it's over. I, I don't think they make the playoffs. if they then. beat us, you think so? If they
2: beat us. They would us, have to beat Clemson they, twice? Ah. They would. They would. Unless someone else gets in. Are we just writing off everybody? Carolina State, uh, USC Duke, plays. Else.
3: USC has it pretty, pretty easy going there for a while. They play at Notre Dame on October 14th. The next week they play Utah at home. In November, back to back weeks they play Washington at home and at Oregon. And then they finish with UCLA. So they've got a little bit of. Yeah, they definitely have some land. UCLA there. is going to be undefeated. It looks like until mid October because they don't really have much going I just, on.
2: There. One of those offenses is going to light that that defense up. And it will. They have
3: Nevada, Stanford, Arizona State, Colorado, Arizona to start their season. Yeah, After they're going good, though. They're definitely going to start good. K.W. Williams is going to put up some monstrous numbers, too, by the way, against those opponents.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking at the text line. Um, uh, a lot of Georgia wins the national championship. I mean, we did that, too. Um, Panther Bo has shamelessly put his Purdue Boilermakers in the uh, playoff. All um, right, put
4: down, put down put down, the uh, the ganj there, sir. Sure.
2: Charlotte, Biff How dare Pogge. you assume? Biff Pogge's boys are in someone's playoff here on the text line. Um, here's the question. Is that Biff texting in? Yeah, he said Biff prepare talking? for
4: 15 games. Biff, so. Yeah, Biff was
2: talking playoffs. Um, Bone, who could beat Georgia? Because if they win three, I mean, some people are tired of Georgia already. I'm kind I know you are a bonus a South Carolina fan. I'm kind of glad it's not Saban, so I'm not really bothered by the dominance yet, but if it gets to three, they may turn into the new Bama in my mind. Who other than who can beat Georgia? Like is it Ohio State because they were so close last year? Like you have to is go- that the, is that the call? I would be the one I'd go with the most, I think. Yes.
3: We'd have to go back in time and look at in this run who beat them. Alabama and who almost beat them and try to figure out which team would most resemble what Alabama was two years ago and which team most resembles, it might be Ohio State. But what's the formula? Who had it? What did they do? Because there's not many samples of Georgia having any trouble. They lost to Bama in the SEC Championship game. They almost, got, they almost lost to Ohio State. How did they do it? What did they have? How did it work? Who can do that? That's well, here, the question. Here's the question. Might How, be Ohio who, State. I don't know. I, who can I do know. what
2: Bryce Young did when they beat him? Because Bryce had over 450 to total yards and six total touchdowns. Like who? Like who's capable of doing that? USC,
4: Caleb but Bruce, USC but, can't stop. But their, their defense is—I I, yeah. just—I don't believe in it, man. I think it's Ohio State. I think their if, if, if is Kyle so, McCord is is the real deal, the way that—I mean—that receiving core. How the hell are you? Pros, man. They couldn't stop him last
2: year. That's what I'm you, saying. So if McCord can do what Stroud did, and just mm-hmm. to get it out there
3: to him. You need you need yeah. the receivers. You need the quarterback to throw for a lot of. Yeah. And Michigan is going to try to... If Michigan plays Georgia, they're going to try to play like Georgia. And we've seen that before where right? that did not work out too well, does yeah. it? Yeah. They're going to try to grind it out. They're going to run it. They're going to play that. Yeah, formal. they
2: don't match up well. I, and, and I know Jim Harbaugh does the whole, like, period of practice beat Georgia now. They don't just have a Ohio, beat Ohio State. They have a beat Georgia. Well, they couldn't beat TCU last year. <laughs> That's true. You had to beat TCU to get to Georgia. But I just... I agree with you. I think Georgia's the better version of what Michigan tries to do with the slobber knocker stuff. There's a few LSUs in here. I do... I do, I do, I do. Who? I sound like Wes on that uh, promo. I do think LSU that is was going, Walker
3: or Walker. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. One yeah, of yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Ws. T- the tall guy. All uh, right, my
2: bad. The tall one. Um, I do think uh, LSU is going to. They got blasted by Georgia last year. I do think they'll play them much closer this year. I think Brian Kelly is going to win a national title at LSU. I, I don't. I can't stand the guy. I just think Bone, his coaching ability, with the ability to get those type of recruits that he necessarily, just the overall team speed that he can get at LSU, that I don't think he was getting at Notre Dame.
3: You know, Mac a text comes in from the three three six. He thinks that Texas A and M could be the dark horse out of the sec thoughts fellas matt i kind of like a&m i just i don't like
2: if a&m if a&m knocked off alabama it wouldn't shock me
4: i uh, i agree i think a&m's a dark horse to win seven games and make a bowl game you hate him, man. Dude, they have so much talent, man. Just accumulated. I, I just and wonder if
2: going to improve that offense. How much I think. do
4: they actually? Do the players on the team actually buy Jimbo's Jimbo shtick? I think a lot of people might be sick of him already down there. I know we all are. Although I <laughs> shouldn't say
2: that. He gives good material to. The By the way, can I we answer
4: Gamecock Kevin's question? Georgia's quarterback is Carson Beck. Um, they, they won. They won two national titles with a guy that was a walk-on. I, I hate to break it to you, man. It doesn't they're, matter. Who they're going to be good. quarterback. They're going to be really it damn good. It doesn't
2: matter. Like Stetson Bennett, like Paul Feinbaum said it when he came on Bone the the other day. Like people, it's so funny. People were telling you for so long that Stetson Bennett um, is not good enough. And then he went out there and won a title and he won two. And it's like, now Carson Beck's not good enough. When are people going to realize you don't need to be Caleb Williams with that, with that cast
3: to win? It's what's been scary about Georgia's run is they've done it without the elite five stars. And now, remember Bama, Matt? They did it for a while too, right? And then what happened? They all of a sudden started to get all those weapons and those quarterbacks came in. And it, just, it goes to another level. That's, that's why I'm honest about Georgia. I don't think we've seen the best of Georgia yet. I think there's another level offensively that we have not seen yet from them. It could be this year, Bower's final
2: year. The two receivers they brought in from the SEC schools, uh, McConkie, the running game. They could be even better, man, although they did lose uh, Monken as OC. I'm a little interested to see what Bobo does.
0: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte
5: Sports Fan.
0: instant replay on sports radio 92.7 wfnz because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice this afternoon on the
6: We were discussing the draft history earlier in the show. I saw yesterday that a lot of people were questioning the draft history for Carolina. I mentioned Mike Kay's tweet. Not a lot of guys picked up. In fact, no guys were picked up after the Panthers cut them. Shai Smith, Brandon Smith, Keith Taylor, Stanley Thomas Oliver, all recent draft picks. Nobody got claimed off of waivers. We'll see if anybody gets to a roster now. You look at Jason OTC's tweet. He said the Carolina Panthers are bottom five. With just 39 players in the NFL that started their career, whether it be undrafted or drafted, that started their career. 39 of those players thank the Carolina Panthers for that, while 82 thank the Dallas Cowboys in the lead in that category. And here's Scott Fitterer trying to figure out what kind of talent he needs to put right next to Bryce Young to get the most out of his number one overall draft pick this year. Bryce looked good in the preseason. Bryce looked really good. And it wasn't because the offensive line played well. They were bad. Flat out. Wide receivers. Not a ton of separation. Bryce Young put the ball on the marker with Adam Thielen for the touchdown, especially against Detroit. Jonathan Mingo looks pretty good to me. I will say that. A lot of the Mingo problems were him running the wrong routes, running too deep. But the slant route that she hit... First throw of the game against Detroit, I mean, Mingo was wide open and it was solely because of what Mingo did. It wasn't, I mean, scheme, yes, because other guys are running opposite of the middle and Mingo's the only guy in the middle of the field, but that cornerback wasn't even close to Mingo. Really like what you're seeing from him. Scott Fitter with all of that feels like he did a good job, feels like the team. He says the team. He does. He's not an eye guy. He said it's a we. He thinks his scouting, scouting department constantly, which I think is really cool. He said, yeah, the scouts did a great job at putting the best pieces around Bryce Young for him to succeed. Do you think the Carolina Panthers, Scott Fitterer, the scouting department, did a good job of putting enough around Bryce Young for him to be successful?
7: I do think they have in his first season because we talked about how teams generally that pick number one, they pick really, really bad. And uh, well, their their personnel is really, really bad. And so for this team, they traded up from nine to one, and they were able to get some guys, which I call it a nice starter kit. I think it's a nice starter kit for Bryce Young. Uh, you're not coming in, you don't have Devontae Adams and, and all of these guys all around you to be able to do that. No, but you still have a good, solid set. Now, what we did put into the equation that we really thought was the biggest piece that would play an integral part in Bryce Young's success is having an offensive line that was ascending. We see now the jury is out on that until we see something better than what we saw in the preseason. So I think that's a caveat to be looked at, because if they don't come through and play well, then I think you do take a step back in your opinions of what he had to work with. But as far as just on paper right now at receiver, I think he's got a decent set of receivers, not necessarily a fantastic one. He's got a Pro Bowl running back. He's got a solid tight end to get the football to. So I do think he's done a good job of doing that. And I think if the offensive line falters, it's because of some unforeseen uh, circumstances like Kwanu taking a step back.
6: Well, I'm looking at a quote right now on the wall from Colin Hoggard. Fiddy likes to reference it. He also made a change to it, I believe, earlier this week on the producer show for Charlotte Sports Today. The quote is, every season is a journey. And Fiddy amended it to, every preseason is a journey. That's what I'm experiencing right now, especially as it pertains to the offensive line. Because Scott Fitterer even said to media today, once we get continuity back in there, once we really get ready to go, get back into a rhythm, we're not switching guys all over the place. Once these guys get back out there, he thinks it's going to make a big difference. Now, I still have some problems with what Icky showed, but I could hear that. I mean, it's not like that's a crazy excuse, right? I understand it. You go back to the preseason. I was listening to the Mina Kimes podcast. Featuring Lenny, of course. And they were discussing the team draft. Actually, they had Mike Golick Jr. on. Mina Kimes did a couple of days ago. I heard both of them talking about the Carolina Panthers preseason in regards to Bryce. And they were discussing how, one, how great the Jets defensive line looked against any offensive line they played this year. In the preseason. Against Carolina, everybody was doing great. You look at PFF and you look at some of the grades of the best individual interior defensive linemen out there. Jefferson was a monster. We know Quentin Williams is going to be a monster anytime he's out there. Will McDonald looks fantastic as a rotational guy. The Jets might have, if you want to argue, San Francisco has a better defensive line or whoever, okay. But the deepest... Jets look like they have the deepest defensive line where they're just churning guys in and out. It doesn't matter. They don't have a drop off. They have a first round pick at Will McDonald. Who isn't going to start this
7: year? They've got great depth. And Jermaine Johnson is also a backup that was a first round pick. Okay.
6: Two years ago. Right. So if the Jets starters are beast and their depth is fantastic. Okay. Like you're, you're measuring Carolina's offensive line against that unit. You go to the Giants, Leonard Williams one of the better defensive linemen measured by pro football focus in the preseason on like 12 snaps. Giants didn't play their starters a lot. Dexter Lawrence dude got paid for a reason. Dexter Lawrence had among the better pass rush grades of anybody this preseason. Now, some of that is combated by it happened against Carolina And it was strictly against Carolina looking so bad. So, okay, maybe that one's a wash. (laughs) And maybe I'm not going to point to Dexter Lawrence being such a beast. Bradley Bozeman should do better. At the same time, we know how good Lawrence is, especially U.S., covering the ACC for so long. My point is, I think there is something to the offensive line. Just getting to the regular season, finding some continuity again. Savala having a lot more snaps under his belt. Because right now, you've had somebody out there with the starters that is that doesn't even have that many practice reps with them. And so I get that. We need to see Icky play a lot better. You're going to get the Atlanta Falcons defensive line, which has better talent on it, but there's far better defensive lines out there in the NFL. With the Saints, Cameron Jordan's getting older, one of the more underrated pass rushers of the last decade, but also not what he was five years ago. I think the offensive line is going to perform a lot better, and I'm hoping that they perform a lot better at the beginning of the season.
7: I appreciate your optimism for sure and I'm not saying that they're going to be a terrible group I just think there's something going on there there's some red flags there with this group because as I said I I, I keep going back to the fact that athletes in their careers it's all about how you respond to adversity in a lot of cases and so I just felt like after that first game when everybody was up in arms and this team knew the scrutiny and we talked about it and the, the emergency meetings and things of that nature and the performance still didn't improve enough. And so when you give me a three game sample to show me what you're doing and you've already been put into the, the, the furnace, so to speak, to feel that fire from the fans, to feel that scrutiny of people saying you guys don't look that great and you still don't look that great. I just can't say they're just going to flip a switch man because offensive line is too physical, it's too violent of a position. You have to have a mindset, you have to have the chemistry, you have to have the want to, and also, yeah, the technique and different things like that to be able to come out and dominate or to play even above average football because that's what we want from this group. We want them to play above average to great football. So I can't just say they're going to come out there against Atlanta and everything's just going to click and they're just going to start just dominating because Kalei is Campbell sitting there on that defensive line. Grady Jarrett sitting there on that defensive line as well. And so uh, I think this is a group that I want to be optimistic about. But based off what I've seen so far, I think there are some fundamental flaws there uh, that have the opportunity to be exposed. So uh, I think that this group at this point, they've got some time to maybe be able to right the ship to an extent. But I can't say right now that I trust this offensive line as much as you do.
6: Well, I mean, I, yeah, there's certainly some questions, but let's dig a little deeper, right? Because you're saying you're seeing some fundamental problems here. Yeah. You're seeing some things that really scare you. Mm-hmm. Icky Aquanu is the one. That's the one I go to. The secondary concern I have is right guard, not Austin Corbett. Icky goes to the top because he's the highest invested draft pick. Mm-hmm. Your sixth overall pick has to be a left tackle franchise guy. The problem in the preseason is there. Hopefully that changes. But at right guard, I think a little more leniency with Austin Corbett being gone the first four games. Now, it's all said and true that it doesn't matter what's happening at right guard. You want your rookie quarterback to be protected 100%. But Zavala is just getting his feet wet here. Okay, that's fine. Wes, you look at Brady Christensen. His pass blocking grade was just flat out good according to Pro Football Focus. Not once, not twice, all three games. He got a pass-blocking grade in the green against the Jets, against the Giants, and against the Detroit Lions. Now, his run-blocking grade wasn't good the first two games, but that's not uh, that's not equating two hits on Bryce Young. Bradley Bozeman got dominated against Dexter Lawrence. But we know Bradley Bozeman is already a better run-blocker than he is pass-blocker. And I trust Taylor Moten to figure it out because there's more evidence to suggest that he does, given his track record, than not. And so the two concerns are Icky had a bad preseason, no doubt. Do you trust him to figure it out? And then right guard, can you find stability enough to get you to Austin Corbett once you get to week five? Those are my offensive line concerns if you want to dwindle it down to the specifics.
7: Uh, yeah, so uh, to piggyback off of that, because when you look at the overall grades, there weren't any offensive linemen that you really, really felt. Excellent about, especially from an overall performance. I mean, Brady Christensen uh, was the highest graded starter at seventy point five. Uh, when you look at it from an analytical standpoint, but
6: his I run think blocking that. held him back. It,
7: it did, yeah. And I mean, you do got to run block too, you know, as an offensive line. But
6: if we're talking <laughs> about protecting Bryce Young, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, but but well, I mean, no, you're right. Like I, yeah, run blocking. You want him to be better. This yeah. was a better. The run blocking last year is where they really hit their stride. They yeah. were that's there's a reason Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard running backs that aren't as good as Christian McCaffrey were performing yards per carry as well and better than Christian McCaffrey. So you're right. Christensen wasn't good at run blocking, but let's get real. We're talking about pass blocking here. We want them to protect Bryce Young and Christensen is someone that we consider a weak link. Even me, I consider him probably the weakest of the starters. And yet Christensen, if we want to get down to the details Christensen wasn't as bad as Icky, as Savala, who's starting to get his feet wet, as we mentioned, and maybe some others. I I think that's a good sign, to be honest with you, if he's out there pass-protecting better than some of the other times that he has.
7: Yeah, I I mean, I think so. It's just when I look at the grade and the lack of balance, there when you talk about a low run grade, I mean, because we saw in the Giants game, I think it was, uh, no I think they had three runs where they were stopped in the in the first half. Chuba Hubbard was stopped three times uh, for a yard or less. And so I'm just saying that, you know, you open yourself up more when you're not able to run the ball because then you're going to put Bryce Young in more passing situations, especially the longer the distance, the longer he's going to have to hold the football. And how much do we trust these guys of what we've seen so far? If Bryce Young has to hold that football to be able to get it eight, nine, ten yards on a third down, so that's the thing. I'm going to hold out hope for them for sure. It's just based off what I've seen, and and just when you talk about just the ability to just go in and be like, all right, we're going to hit the switch and we're going to be balling now. Like that's not an easy, that's not an easy turnaround. Is all I'm saying. But I'm going to hold out hope for this group that they that they can get better.
6: No, you're you're right. I just think when so I think when you throw out the offensive line was awful. You think everybody across the board was just atrocious, right? But I don't think that's necessarily the case if you start to really pay attention to every single one of these offensive linemen every game. The real problem is Icky was not good in any game that he played in the preseason. He just flat out was not. And that's a real thing. And you would like him to be maybe the best. (laughs) You would love for him to be the best. Bradley Bozeman actually had good pass blocking numbers except for the Giants where it could not get any worse. That's there's a 13 Dexter, Dexter Lauren uh, Dexter Lawrence dominated Bradley Bozeman. As much as I've ever seen on that kind of snap count, any interior defensive lineman destroy an offensive lineman like it was bad. But the other two games against the Jets on 11 snaps against the Detroit Lions on 22 good pass blocking numbers for Bozeman. And then you get to Taylor Moten, all three, all three in the green. I, it's 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 icky changing. It's Icky picking up where he left off last year. And it's the right guard finding some stability. You fix those two things, I'm good. Can't ask for much more than that. That's when I'll feel good about this offensive line going forward.
0: You can hear Wes and Walker, live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked, because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC.
5: The exclusive home
0: of the Charlotte
5: Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Ofatuma Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection, you can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this afternoon on The Kyle Bailey Show...
8: He's here, courtesy of our friends at BetOnline or BetOnline.net. Check out BetOnline for updated college football playoff win totals, conference, Heisman, and college football week one lines. He'll be in studio tonight for CBS Sports, NC State, UConn. The great Danny Cannell is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking to the Queen City. Danny, what's up, brother? How you been?
1: I am fantastic, Kyle, man. I am fired up. What is better than week one? It's five consecutive days, just jam-packed of college football. I'm so amped up, man. It's great to be on with you. Yeah,
8: man, it's good to have you back. Charlotte has been uh, awaiting your arrival, and I do have to ask. I mean, you've got great insight on a couple of these games, but since it happened earlier today, I hate seeing Noll on Noll crime. You and Dion Sanders <laughs> going back and forth with each other on Twitter. What's he, what's he on about? He's not a Noll. I guess he graduated from Talladega College, but he wants nothing to do with Florida State, huh?
1: I don't know what's happening there, man. It's really been bummed as like, I'm bummed by it. Like I was upset at first and then I was kind of confused. I'm like, what is happening here? And he was asked a question by a hurricane in this press conference. And then he was like, would you call me? He's like, I'm not, he's like, where did I graduate from? And I get it. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out theories behind it. He called me out. He's like, there's stuff that you don't know. I guess it's two grown men don't understand the truth. So I'm like trying to decipher what it means. I don't know if he's upset that he didn't get offered to get the job at Florida State. I don't know if he's trying to really reach out to the HBCUs because he did coach there at Jackson, uh, Jackson State. A lot of them you know, threw a lot of shade his way when he left the program to take the bigger-tier job at Colorado. So he's trying to kind of re- remind people, oh, wait, I did go to an HBCU. I don't know what it is, but I just thought it was awkward. I thought there was a different way he could have handled it. And just said, you know what? I had a great time at Florida State, but I'm here at Colorado now. And I, got, you know, he could have he could have kept everything positive. Instead, it just felt like he was throwing shade towards Florida State, and I didn't love it. Well, we'll get back
8: to the Knowles in a couple of minutes. Here, they got a big one, but let's let's stay with what's happening tonight. And uh, NC State, I I took uconn because of that hook, I took the huskies plus fourteen and a half two days ago. I know they 've got a new quarterback, but that quarterback, much like the guy on the other side, is coming with his old offensive coordinator. Uh, huskies' program had some momentum late they 're at home I think they 're going to be hyped up. I like state to get out of there with the win, Danny, but I did take the Huskies at plus fourteen and a half. What are your thoughts
1: so it 's interesting because that line is moving a little bit all over the place. you know it 's been fourteen, fourteen and a half, thirteen like if you get it under thirteen and a half, I like the wolf pack a lot. That hook does scare me. I still am going to go ahead and lay the points with the Wolfpack. You know, you mentioned UConn. You know, bringing their quarterback in, reuniting with his coordinator. We're seeing that uh, also at NC State with Robert and I coming to pair up with Brendan Armstrong. I think this thing is going to be a ton of fun to watch. The last time they were together at Virginia, Brendan Armstrong was slinging it all over the place, leading the country with over 400 yards uh, in passing yardage. So I think he's got uh, you know some better weapons than he had when he was at Virginia as well. And we know what Dave Dorn is going to do defensively. I did see that they're going to pack the house there in Hartford. I still think if you look at UConn's record last year, it's a little bit deceiving because Jim Moore, I like him. I think he's got the program headed in the right right direction, but there weren't that many wins that just wowed you. I think NC State, especially the fact, wasn't it last year against East Carolina, they had to kick a field goal to win late. And it was kind of like a get out of Dodge situation. Those always are a good reminder. You can always coach your team up and say, Hey, I know this is a game you think you're going to waltz into, but remember what happened last year. I think the fact that Dave Doran can bring that to the table will help the Wolfpack. So I like him tonight. Uh, to win by those two touchdowns. I think they win by 17 or more. So I'll go ahead. I'm not worried about the hook as much as you. All
8: right, we'll see. Now, we, we've got a big game here on Saturday. A border war. Yeah, North, we do. Yeah, we do. North Carolina, South Carolina, down the street from us at Bank of America Stadium. This one's big, man. And uh, I, I talked to Shane Beamer a couple of weeks ago. They're fired up. They think they've got weapons offensively this year with with Spencer Radler. And, of course, Drake Mays back for Mac Brown. And you know, they feel like the defense can be a little bit better. And if so, they've got a chance. Like what? What do you think this game boils down to and, and what are the best storylines
1: so what percentage of your listeners do you think are South Carolina fans versus North Carolina fans Ooh, that's Is that's heavily t- skewed towards Tar Heels or is no, pretty
8: no 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 we're, we're nine miles from the South Carolina line so I mean uh-huh. you know we're there are a ton of Tar Heels here but there the prediction is for Saturday that it turns out 60 40 in favor of the Gamecocks
1: oh okay all right well then I might piss off a lot of your listeners because can we just put the Carolina thing to bed I grew up going to Carolina basketball school. It's always been Carolina to me, and South Carolina. Not only so, they try to get both things. They try to get Carolina from the Tar Heels, and they try to get USC from South Carolina. Can we get over the inferiority complex and just call yourself the Gamecock? Can we do that? Oh boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick wow. off South Carolina fan. But I love Shane Beamer. The only thing I'm concerned about with him is that he lost two of his better players. Daneen Bell is now playing for Florida State. I think he's an awesome weapon that they're working with. The other one of the best players on the defensive side of the ball is now playing. uh, Birch is now playing for the Oregon Ducks. I think this might be a little bit of a a rebuilding year. Like, I, I really do like Shane Beamer. I love the atmosphere, the culture that he's created. I think North Carolina. I think that you know I, I'm very friend with Mac Brown. He's somebody that recruited me out of high school. I've known him for a long time. We worked in broadcasting together at ESPN. I was thrilled for him to get this opportunity, and I love the success he's had. I've kept in touch with him in various off seasons. You know, he'll be like, you know, when they're overhyped, he'll be like, man, I don't. I, I hope we can live up to the expectations. Recently, I, I texted him, and he's like, I think we got a chance to be pretty good. And I was like, oh, he doesn't really brag on his team that much. But I do – I mean, he should be bragging on his quarterback, and I know he would. Drake May is special, and I know they'd have a new offensive coordinator they are breaking in with Chip Lindsey. I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better this year than they did last year. I don't think Drake May is going to have to play that hero ball, which he he really did well in last year. It kind of came to a crash at the end of the season. The defense finally got exposed as they came in to finish. But I think the defense will be a little bit better. And if you want if you like roller coaster rides, you can hop on the Spencer Rattler train and just go up and down with that one. I trust Drake May in a game that I think should be tight late. So I'll go ahead and take the tar heels. I'll lay the two and a half with them. I like Mac Brown's squad
8: in this one. All right, my text line is supporting you for the most part in your Carolina take. Um, I'm, I'm not a Carolina guy, but I'm an ACC guy. I'm a Virginia Tech guy. Shout out to our boy Josh Parcell out there listening somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they, they are Carolina. All right, that's it. the Tar Heels are Carolina from my perspective, too. We got Danny Cannell with us, courtesy of Bet Online and BetOnline.net. He'll be in television studio, the television studio tonight uh, for UConn NC State. We've talked about that game and a few more before we let Danny go. We're on a tight window here, but uh, let me get your thoughts on Of course, Florida State, LSU coming up here in a couple of days. That is a massive, massive game. I like Florida State's chances, but I know Jaden Daniels has talent. What are are we
1: thinking? Oh, I I cannot wait for this game. Uh, I saw a stat today that that there's not been a team that has lost the opener, their first game of the season, and gone on to the college football playoff. And yet, I feel like the loser of this game is very much in that conversation still. But nobody wants to be the loser. You don't want moral victories. You don't want to try to stay the loser. I want to see who wins this game, and I think this game is going to live up to the billing. You've got two teams that are incredibly talented, that are trying to take a next step to get their program back to where they want to go, which is contending for national championships. I, I am actually surprised, Kyle, that Florida State is an underdog this one. When the line initially came out, like a way long time ago, like February. Florida State was about a one-point favorite or a pick Now it's all of a sudden coming back the other way where LSU is the, is the favorite here. In Orlando, I think it will be 70-30 Florida State fans. But more importantly, let's talk about the matchups on the field. Jaden Daniels is incredible. like He's a great quarterback. But he only had 17 passing touchdowns last year. He's a dual threat. I mean, he had 11 on the ground. But I think Florida State will have a game plan to keep him corralled in the pocket. Like He's going to get some yards. But I think they're going to you know, kind of corral him in there, minimize the damage that he can do, and I think Florida State will be able to get some stops in the red zone. Florida State's offense, I, I just, when I look at it, I cannot wait to watch it because Mike Norvell is an extremely underrated play caller. Jordan Travis, we've seen him continue to develop and develop, get better every year, and he has weapons at every single position across the field. I mentioned Jaheim Bell. He's a freak show at tight end. He's a mismatch for any linebacker or safety that tries to match up against him. They got Johnny Wilson from last season, who's 6'7", on the outside as a wide receiver. And then I think one of the best-kept secrets is Keon Coleman comes and transfers after spring ball from Michigan State, where he left. He was not happy there. He's six, four, and he might be a better, more polished receiver than Johnny Wilson. Plus, you throw in a run game and a, a veteran offensive line and a quarterback who can run, I think Florida State's going to be able to put up a lot of points. I like the over in that one, too. I think it'll be a little bit of a shootout. I think Florida State's offense comes, uh, g- comes through in this one, and Florida State pulls out the outright win. All right,
8: Danny, last thing, and this one simply for gambling purposes tonight. No pressure, but I'm going to let you make my pick in this game. Uh, Cam Rising can't go tonight for Utah, but they've still got a pretty talented squad. Billy Napier, year two, transfer Graham Mertz on the other side. Like, Where are you going with this game tonight, in particular, with
1: no Cam Rising on the field? So, Kyle, I'll be playing this one with you, all right? So, I, I'm gonna, if I lose, you lose. Like, we'll be in this one together. I'm got to play this one. i got to have one on every game, you know, like just when you're watching the big game. I like the under. And I, I don't know if you like playing totals or not, but oh, look, I, look. I just think this game is going to be ugly. No cam rising. I think you might even see uh, Utah bring out the Wildcat. Their quarterback, who they're starting, Brian, uh, uh, br- uh, br- i got to find his name here. Because uh, like, he's only had one start last season. It was banged up in a scrimmage. They might even fall back on their running back, put him in the backfield. He's a transfer that came in from Texas, so you might see some wildcat from them. And I think Florida is going to really try to take the pressure off Graham Mertz and be more balanced as an attack. They don't have Anthony Richardson, but Anthony Richardson he was sort of much like a roller coaster ride, like uh, like you saw in Spencer Rattler. He had a lot of superstar moments, but he was very erratic. I think Graham Mertz you'll see a little bit more of a, a pass you know, a controlled offense underneath checkdowns. Let's keep the chains moving and a run game that may not have success against Utah, ugly, low scoring game. Give me the under
8: Danny Connell. Good to hear your voice, brother. College football's back. Have fun tonight.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it, Kyle. Enjoy them. You tuned into instant replay when the
0: audio was so good. It has to be heard again. Only on sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports
2: fan.